As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. On today's episode, Carrie Oberbrunner. I would look for good voices. I'll tell you what, my podcast, I'll tell you why I think it's smart. Because I'm not the one talking. I just said, I want to learn. So I have a 25-year-old metaverse architect. I have um, someone who's launching their NFTs. I have a blockchain woman from India who's an expert and just blew my mind. I would say just listen to some voices that you trust. And if people are asking for money or, you know, do this or do that, I think you kind of just put up some red flags. Hey, welcome to The Dose, a show dedicated to deep and engaging conversations, highlighting individuals that are in the pursuit of authentic and courageous leadership who approach life with insatiable curiosity, bold action, and common sense in these divisive and uncommon times. It's my hope you take something away from each and every one of these conversations and apply it to your own life as we all intentionally attempt to become the best we can possibly be by living out our purpose and calling, committing to a life of service, and helping make this place better than we found it. I'm thrilled to have you listen to this great conversation with my friend Kerry Oberbrunner. He's been on the show before. It's been a while. He's finally back. He's earned a doctorate degree in transformational leadership, training over 250,000 authors, coaches, speakers, and entrepreneurs. He's an international speaker on personal growth, human performance, publishing, and business. The past 20 years, he's ignited over 1 million people with his content, what I really appreciate, Kerry, where he's going now is he's a futurist creating solutions for integrating intellectual property with blockchain technology and NFTs. And you may be thinking, why are we talking about crypto? Why are we talking about blockchain? Particularly when you see, particularly this last week, depending on when you're listening to this, but in the middle of May, crypto is in full panic mode. Right? And everybody's kind of anger, fear, vitriol, shock, panic. And I do think that we're heading for a pretty nasty recession if we're not in one already. I think layoffs are right around the corner. I think you're going to see, you are seeing the largest monetary tightening in the history. So equity markets are in free fall, bond market, oil, all these things. There's a lot of uncertainty, but I think the more that you understand blockchain, the more that you can keep calm and carry on because it is about being the composed force in a chaotic situation. You've heard me say that time and time again on the show. That's what leadership is. And so that's what I want people to get away from this conversation is to stick to your framework, filter out the noise and focus, learn everything you can about the blockchain and the opportunity that's going to present itself. And I think Kerry is a great person to, to talk to in this time. He has a great podcast out there called Blockchain Life, fascinating conversations with the leading voices on those topics of crypto, NFT, smart contracts. It's a great place to start if you're new to this area. And uh, I'm excited for him to come on the show and talk about it. All right, check out the links to his website and to his podcast, and let's get on with this great conversation with Kerry Oberbrunner here on The Dose. 
Carrie, welcome back to Dose of Leadership. It has been almost eight years. You believe that? It's crazy, man. <laughs> did I do the math right? 2014? Yeah. You did. Eight and I'm not, years. Good, I'm not good at math. Yeah. But, right. but it is good. I think when you came on in 2014, we were certainly talking about leadership and life and how do we kind of, you know, can turn what we love and our dreams into reality. Mm -hmm. You're still doing that. I was reading your opus on your website. I love your opus, by the way. Oh, thank you. How long did that take you to do that? I was curious. It, it took me, put it this way, the preparation took me a lot of time. But once my coach just said, you sit your butt down and do it, it actually kind of came out over a weekend. But what's interesting, Richard, is I just updated it last night for the first time in five years. So did you? I, I'm anxious I, to see it. Yeah, I infused some Web3 and just to get ready for the times. Yeah, you know, and it's, I was like, I was reading it because I, you know, personally, I've been at an inflection point. I've been kind of in this, and maybe that's why you kind of transitioned to, you know, you stopped Ignite Souls and started this blockchain podcast. Maybe you were at an inflection point when, I, and I'm thinking you are. If you if you if you revisited your opus, because I was doing kind of the same thing, and I've yes. been for about five or six months. I've been sitting here going, "What am I doing with the show? What do I even do?" Yep. I like talking about leadership, but I'm you know to be quite honest, I'm kind of tired of talking about team building, sure, and empowerment. Not that those are bad things, or that they're boring things, but it seems like the world is. That there are Shifting. bigger cha there are bigger challenges than that, and I mm. and it doesn't doesn't mean to discount people struggling with team building or because it, it's a challenge. But does yeah. that make sense? What I'm saying? Absolutely. I think we are on the precipice of, in my opinion, the largest shift that I can think of in human history, and it it sounds it definitely sounds feels epic. that way. Yeah, it's a, it, it sounds melodramatic, but but you know the stars are aligning even technologically to, you know, onboard us into this, some pretty crazy stuff. It does. It, it, on one hand, it's unsettling. Mm. On the other hand, it's very exciting. But I know that with, with growth, we have to experience some sort of pain and some unsettling or something has to happen, right? Like yeah. so nothing, whatever we're doing, and I'm talking just in a macro sense here, whatever we're doing, and it, and it comes down to us individuals. Oh, yeah. It's not, it's not sustainable, right? I mean, right. Something, something has to give. And I want to be educated. I want to be on the forefront of that because I don't want because even though it's unsettling for me, I don't want to just sit by the wayside. I want to right. do something. And, and that's when I kind of went down this blockchain rabbit hole mm. in October, and I started feeling a sense of hope, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't oh, know yeah. if the same thing happened to you or not, but that's kind of what happened to me probably around October, I think, is when yeah, I started going down this hole. Let's dive into that. By the way, I did shoot you quick emails with the chart because I had a tough time uploading it, but just check it sure. out. Sure. Let me pull it up. Yeah. So what I think happened, Richard, is that our world began to lose hope in centralized entities. So I'll unpack that for a moment. 2008, housing market crash. Remember that? I mean, I was just yep. starting to become mm -hmm. an investor because before that, I didn't have any money. But the, <laughs> point, the point is that 
we had trust that people were saying what they were doing and doing what they were saying with with loans and what happened was because all the information was centralized we found out that they were cooking the books that it wasn't what it appeared and as a result this was just before bitcoin and what what happened was we lost trust we said whoa you know this is a global thing that's affecting now the whole world and maybe the ledger wasn't as accurate as it pretended to be in other words for people who don't know blockchain i heard about it for years i didn't even know what it was until really the last year i took a deep dive but the blockchain is essentially a public digital ledger okay so it's it's a think of it as a ledger that's immutable meaning you can't change it it's distributed which means that it doesn't reside with one entity one power it's actually distributed to computers all over the world called nodes and so for you to quote cook the books for you to change truth you would act you would actually have to hack about 51% of the computers in the world, yeah. which, is, which is nearly impossible. So what happened was blockchain was around since the 90s, but there was no reason for it. We didn't need it. There was no use case. Well, along comes this dent in the public trust. That was number one. Number two was voting. When 2016 happened, when 2020 happened, a lot of people on both sides of the parties said, we can't trust the voting system. In other words, truth was again being hacked. Mm -hmm. And people began to say, we can't trust that our votes even count. Well, you take away right. that, right? Now you went currency in 2008. Now you went government in 2016 and 2020. So now doubt is really there and the erosion of trust and truth. Well, guess what solves that? Blockchain. Blockchain yeah. allows you to say, I cast my vote and I am verified and it's publicly recorded and it can't be changed. And so then the third, the third global hit of trust was Corona. Yep. Not to throw any countries under the bus, but there was one country in particular that kind of hid the truth. We don't have Corona. It's not as bad as you think. And what happened was the whole world basically said, you lied or you, right. yeah, you, 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 you changed the truth. Again, blockchain solves this. So you have three global hits that basically says, look, blockchain can solve these problems. And now I think all of a sudden the world is lining up with AR, augmented reality, virtual reality, 5G, crypto, metaverse. It's like all these unique, pretty cool technologies, AI, artificial intelligence, they're now all lining up and now they're all integrated. That to mm -hmm. me is the big linchpin, blockchain. That, you know, these things have been around. I mean, I remember VR in, when I was a kid, you know, going to the mall and it was like the hot thing. But 
But what's happening now is, is the interoperability of all these technologies and the fact that 5G can handle the speed. And I'll tell you what, Richard, NFTs too. When I started exploring this, I'm like, oh my gosh, the whole world's about to change. Yeah, the same thing happened to me. And I just always knew on the periphery about these, about mm. blockchain, about Bitcoin. Yeah. Again, just start a deep dive. Again, once you go in, in the community, you hear the term rabbit hole. Everybody says yes. it because there is no better term because once you go down, it's like there's no way to escape it to come exactly. back. And, 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 and I'm still having trouble, as we were talking pre-recording, explaining this to the everyday yeah. people. So hopefully some of this, what I would like to make sure that we get out of this is that mm -hmm. at least understand the basic concept. You said a lot there. And I think first, maybe even first and foremost, you, you hear the term web 2.0, web 3.0. Yeah. <clears throat> what what is that? I mean, I think yeah. just a, just a little bit on the surface because I think you know yes. we're we're coming to the end of Web two point oh. We all we're all yes. from, that's what we've all been living for the last twenty years is Web yes. two point oh really, right? Which which yes. gives us the ability to and it's been great, right? To socially interact, to do these transactions, but the transactions are still kind of done the old school way. I.e., mm -hmm. there's a lot of third party involvement, which has made a lot of people a lot of money in the Web 2.0 space, right? Like all these businesses yeah. that we see and everything that allow these transactions to happen. And so when we're going to Web 3.0, we're barely scratching the surface. This is what's so exciting about it. Except we, I, I mean, I don't even think anybody in the space really fully appreciates how dynamic of a change this is going to be. I mean, this is like where we were. Remember in 1999 when everybody was getting into the tech, you know? Yes. Amazon was new, right? And everybody's like, oh, it's buy books online, Peshaw, you know? Yeah. And, all this yeah. Stuff. and then Amazon, and in 2000, Amazon crashes down to $6. That's kind of where we're at, right? Where a lot of the stuff that we're seeing in the Web 3.0 space, in my opinion, is there's a lot of noise out there. There's a lot sure. of junk, just like there was in sure. the Web 2.0 days in the very beginning, all these hot new tech stocks, right? And, and maybe 85% of them were kind of junk. And then the yep. big crash happened, yep. which is going to happen here in Web 3. And then who survives at that? That's what's really exciting to me. Exactly. I want to I be in that spot to be like, well, who's the next, you know what I mean? Oh, Amazon yeah. equivalent where you can get in at $6 or whatever. and, and, and you Ride know, the wave. Yeah. In 2040. You know, as you and I are in our seventies or eighties, you know, it's you know what I mean? It's just oh, yeah. gonna be completely Absolutely. different. Yeah. Couple things on that. I like to describe because my, my parents are, are seventy and so I sit with them and I gotta explain these things and you know, imagine being seventy today. I mean, you've seen massive shifts, even Huge Gen shifts. Xers, even Gen Xers like us. I mean, I didn't mm -hmm. grow up on cell phones. So Here's the best, simplest way to describe Web 1, Web 2, Web 3. You'll see that chart, which I could go into a lot of detail, but I'm not going to. Instead, I'm just going to re read one single row. And this is from my new book that comes out in the fall called Blockchain Life. And the whole point of it is to help people onboard because yeah. there's a lot of people that are going to be quote, scared. I've even had some Christians reach out to me and be like, whoa, you know, this is end times, this is satanic, you know, and, and yet there's crazy cool opportunities. 
I mean, there's a church in Oklahoma called Life Church that already has a church in the metaverse and people are having life change. So I think it's a tool. This whole thing is a tool yeah. and we can use it for good or evil. But here's, here's how to describe Web 1, Web 2. Web, web 1 is they create, they own. And what I mean by that, I'll use Domino's Pizza as an example. If Domino's Pizza in Web 1, let's say 90s, created a website, it would have been static. Yep. You would have gone there once. You would have seen their menu. You couldn't purchase it. You'd probably have to call them, maybe use a credit card, maybe, you know, who knows. But, but the point is that Web 1 was that Domino's created the website, they own it, end of story. Web 2 is we create, they own. So what I mean by that is we created the videos, but YouTube owned them. We created, right. the, we created the podcasts, but Spotify, iTunes, you know, unless we were careful, own them. We create the pictures, but Instagram and the fine print owns them. Facebook yeah. owns our content. In other words, the social dilemma that that uh, incredible documentary came out and basically said, look, folks, you are the users. In other words, they use drugs users as a, as a phrase, but you are the Facebook users. In other words, there's these big tech companies that are profiting off of our data. And so right. along comes Web3, and Web3 is we create, we own. Right. So, you know, again, it's a big world to describe these differences and my chart goes into major detail, but even just to read that one row and in web three, we're the ones who are going to own the NFTs, meaning I got a son, he's a gamer, he plays that game, he earns and spends and achieves and, you know, different weapons, skins, you name it. But when that game is done, Fortnite owns it. Right. And if he wants to take that digital assets to another place, i.e. a metaverse, it can't travel. Well, yeah, now, there. yeah, now Lego invested $2 billion in the metaverse two weeks ago. Napa Auto Parts, Nike, Coca-Cola. I mean, you name it. Everybody's jumping into the metaverse because they understand that this is the new digital world and i would argue richard that it's it's changing reality i mean this this thing you know unlike the 90s where you could kind of like go to the internet visit it now you're actually gonna be the internet mm -hmm. i know it sounds weird but it's an embodied experience people are already getting married in the metaverse someday i mean again there's going to be good. There's going to be evil. You, you'll be able to go into the metaverse. You can, you can have you know multiple affairs with multiple people. I mean, there's going to be some negative things, but there's also going to be some crazy opportunities. Like, ex imagine taking your fifth grade class to the moon, and you literally go to the moon. <laughs> you know, yeah. You're not, gonna, you're not going to be learning about things. You're going to be experiencing. Yeah. Well, even talk, but even which, uh, yeah, I mean, those things are all so very exciting. Yeah. But even like the simple things of a transaction of, of buying a car or yes. even real estate. And I don't, and people like, and I try, when I 
explain this sometimes people are like really yeah i i got a lot of friends that are realtors and i'm like you know and look at all the paperwork they have to do yes. to do this the blockchain in theory in theory yes you and i like you have a house and you have the title and your title yep. is an nft or it's something that's on the blockchain or whatever yes. it's like and it's it's it it's the only one in existence it's the only one that can exist it's verifiable yes it's it can't be um forged i know it's carrie's title yep in theory i could send you yep money for the house yep through crypto through uh, crypto wallet. It, absolutely there's no I, there's no need for a sitting in escrow right because the transaction will not happen until i verified that the ownership is transferred to me and it's mine and then so, so what i mean so Yo, all that middleman no. is completely gone. Yes. And people don't, people and don't I try to explain, they don't, yeah. they're like, how could that be? I mean, it's scary to think that you're a title company or everything else and like and yeah. the lawyers and everything else. But in theory, that could happen and it could be 100% safe and legit, right? Yes. I mean, in theory, that oh, could yeah. happen. Oh, I, it, it is happening. So, so check it out. Imagine someday I'm like, Oh, my neighbor down the road has their house for sale. I've always wanted that. I'll strap on an Oculus goggles. I'll tour the house via my goggles. I'll be able to walk through the house, pick up different objects even with haptic technology, even feel it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, on my way out of the tour, I'll say, you know what? I want this house and I'm going to transfer it uh like you said and they transfer the nft we're done like forget going to credit checks um liens on the house all that will be done via a smart contract that's built yeah. into the nft it's going to change everything and then you look yeah at the, the lawyers everything yeah the power that's that's the term the power of the smart contracts i don't even think people fully appreciate how revolutionary that is from oh yeah transacting oh. cars to houses even I mean, self-funding charities self-funding charities yeah where yeah. today we have to say well you know where is my money going and is it really paying for the ceo and what is being used with that money there's this thing called DAOs, decentralized yeah, autonomous organizations that are the governance for uh web3 so we'll be able to create a DAO for human trafficking in Philippines, and you'll be able to contribute, see see what happens. If you reach certain um, thresholds or either or statements, mm -hmm. actions are going to happen. Like, for example, we hit this benchmark of giving, boom, money's released. Richard, take take this. This is a crazy example. Okay. There's, there's a... There's a place in the world right now that has set up a DAO so that as you're driving in that community, if you're a taxpayer in that community, you can press a button when you go over a pothole, right? So you're driving on your road and you're like, oh my gosh, that pothole, I wish they'd fix it. You pull out your phone or your passenger does, they, they press a button. It tells the DAO that there's a pothole. They dispatch the asphalt company it's paid for by the tax dollars and it gets filled. 
I mean, yeah. it's- it blows you away. And the power of DAOs too. I think the one example for me that really turned a light bulb on for me was I think last fall when Sotheby's was putting up one of the original copies of the Constitution yeah. for auction. Yes. And a DAO entered themselves as uh, a potential someone wanting to to purchase this. And the DAO was comprised of, I don't know how many individuals, but it was a group. And so going back to your Web3, we create, we own, here are a handful of individuals who have invested in this DAO. They are members of this organization, if you will, a decentralized organization that has a say in everything. And that DAO with those collected assets gave a run for the money of the yep. tra- the, per- the traditional person who has a bunch of money that, you know, the billionaire who has yes. all this money and an eclectic collector. And here's, you a know, bunch of maybe people. And, yeah. and it, it, me and you yeah. could theoretically own this piece, you know, and maybe I only put a thousand dollars and maybe you put in $50,000, but we're still members of the yeah. DAO, right? And, and, and they maybe you're a, us an NFT. That says they could issue an NFT, right? They and oh my gosh, this gets so excited. So let's say that they broke down the donors into thousand dollar contribution, and I like your fifty thousand, one thousand. Let's say I have fifty NFTs. Well, as this raises in value, you know the um, the royalties on these NFTs. So if someone's like, "Well, dang, oh, I yeah. heard about that. I I want that. I want Richard's NFT." Well, if you sell that NFT for the rest of your life, yeah, every the time contract, it's sold, you get ten yeah. percent. Well, that's the power of the smart contract. Yeah, I'm great you brought that up. And same thing even with real estate. Like, say I turn my house yeah. into an NFT, the real estate, the title, the NFT, and or my property. Maybe it's a family of my grandfather's. Yeah, he bought an 18 something. farm yeah. from 1850, and I'm like, it's getting to the point now that oh my god, I I want to sell this. I can't yes. carry it on anymore. If it's an NFT and I sold this, and then it and I that's how it sold forevermore. This real estate, or it's like you know, I've built up this legacy, and I want my grandkids to be able to experience it. I can pass yes. it along, and here and forevermore, whoever owns this NFT will always get royalties, whatever yeah. we put in the smart contract. You know what I mean? And like, that's you will why always get a, whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's why as a publisher and, and yeah. here's, here's or some, an artist or anybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here's some confessions, Richard. Um, so as a publisher, I started seeing this happen. It was about last March. Okay. So about a little over a year ago, I started to see this and I'm like, oh my gosh, this can change everything, including publishing. I started mm-hmm. to tell my company these things and a third of them thought I was nuts. Right. A third of them thought I was crazy. Like, what is Carrie doing? You know, what's is this wild idea. Last fall, about a third of them left. <laughs> it was tough. I mean, this was tough. You know, I love these people. And and it was tough. But that's how much I believe in this because I got a whole bookshelf of books right here from different authors. But imagine that C.S. Lewis book, if C.S. Lewis would have had NFTs. He would have attached, or the publisher would have attached an NFT to that, and that book passes hands, and C.S. Lewis's heirs forever, forever, would get, forever would get royalties. 
So you think about authors or even podcasters. There's a podcast right now that has turned their episodes into NFT. Oh, have they? Yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, this is pretty slick where you could, you could have your super fans and you release these things as NFTs. And then the NFTs could, be, could have off-chain benefits. Yeah. So, so for example, let's say that, let's take that Eiffel Tower, or um, not Eiffel Tower, pick some hotel out there, Hilton, Orlando. And I'm like, gee, I can't buy that hotel. Oh my gosh, that's so expensive. But what I do is I invest a little bit of money and now I'm part owner, like very small little bit. Well, if they issue that as an NFT, they might say, hey, twice a year, you can redeem that as partial owner for a suite. So now I walk in and I literally open up my MetaMask, scan it, and they're like, great to have you, Mr. Overrunner. Um, thanks for being an owner. We appreciate you. Enjoy your suite. Here, take take it with your family. You know, it's that type of thing. It made me think of an example when I saw the power of NFTs, because I think people get scared by NFTs because they see JPEG art. You know, JPEG art, they see the bored apes thing yeah, or something. Yeah. And like, what is this? That's, just, that's not me. Yeah. But think of it in this way. What if you, this was 1994. Yeah. And you were, you loved a band called Nirvana and you were <laughs> a super fan of Nirvana. Yeah. And you're like, God, I love these guys. I, yeah. you know, I, I go see them down at my local pub. I, 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 right. I, these guys are going to be something. I don't know. And people like, you know, I still like, you know, White Snake. I don't know about these yeah. guys, you know, <laughs> so, right, so, right. whatever. And you stick with them. And then they're like, hey, guys, if NFTs were around, in theory, they could say, hey, guys, we're, we're trying to produce an album here. Yes. It's got 12, 12 songs. We need your help. We're going to turn them into NFTs. All you super fans, you know, you 300 guys have been with us, you know, for the past two years. We're going to create this new album. We need your help. Do you want to invest in our new album? Yes. And you got these 300 super fans. Yes. Everybody's putting money in. They own those 12 songs that come out. Then, you know, whatever. That it's band cool. takes off and one of those 12 songs becomes Smells Like Teen Spirit. Yes. Right? And then you forevermore, because you were a 300 super fan, you own Smells Like Teen Spirit here and forevermore and getting the royalties off of that. until That's crazy. Can you imagine? That's the power. Of when you say we create, we own. That's yes. what can happen with NFTs, right? As Absolutely. an art, from an artist example. Yeah, Absolutely it's just a brilliant. I've yeah. never thought of that, Richard. It's absolutely true. And here's the cool thing about Web three: the same way your brain just thought of that, there's these entrepreneurs all over the world that now that the centralized entity no longer has power, they're thinking of massive use cases, just like you thought of. I mean, there's people that are literally like, oh my gosh, we could think of this use case that'll help these people around the world or, you know, bring clean water here and this and that. And so what I think is really happening is the digital renaissance, where just like we saw the renaissance back, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, and it kind of like opened people's mind. And then all this creativity happened. We are escalating this technology. I mean, Richard, what's happening in the medical field? I mean, I don't know if people realize this, but it's like you have prosthetic limbs today that have brain-computer interface where you yeah. actually can now think of, of moving your leg and, and, it, and, it, and it moves. I mean, these aren't, 
monkeys are playing pong with their mind. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so, so I think that it's tremendously exciting. That's why I love what you were honest about with your amazing podcast. You're like, hey, leadership is important, but imagine being a leader in Web three. Yeah, you know, maybe you could merge it or something. Well, that's what I've been kind of thinking. Like, I mean, there's obviously needs for, you know, leadership is universal, no matter what's happening. Yes. And, and that's what I've been kind of my inflection point has been like, well, how, how do I lead in this new? Because ah, I've been reading, I, I haven't talked, I talked a little bit about it on the show, but but even, have you ever read The Fourth Turning? I can't remember the- Oh, I remember, I remember all this, yeah. I didn't you know, read that it, book, but I but I, I know what you're talking about. Basically, it, it, Cliff Notes version. It's 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 basically a study of the patterns of history. Yes, right. And how no matter. And I was listening to a podcast right before this one when I was in yes. the shower, and with this guy, I forget this guy's name. I want to get him on the show. I'll think about it in a second. But yeah. it, 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 he says our problem is we're always looking at our lifespan. Yes, and we think you know, and the new world order really started in 1945, mm. right? But no matter what, and that always happens. There's always these series of new world orders, and these new world orders usually happen with something big. Yes, wars usually are involved. Major financial crises are always involved, mm -hmm. and everything else. And basically, what happens is, is there's a huge disruption that usually lasts a long time. Yeah, right. And it usually lasts about eighty years. There's these these four twenty year blocks where these things happen, where you have. And that's why I call them the fourth turning. So you've got these 20-year turnings and there's 80-year cycles, 80 to 100-year cycles. Mm -hmm. And if you look back in history, for example, you, you mentioned the financial crisis of 2008. That was the beginning of a new 20-year cycle. So mm -hmm. we're in the what we call the crisis phase. Mm -hmm. and, and if you look at what's happened from 2008 to what we're experiencing right now, it's like you can tell we're in some sort of crisis, crisis phase where – Individuals and countries are spending more than they're making. Almost everybody's doing that, right? And that's that's repeated itself throughout history, where people mm -hmm. spend more than they make. Global pandemic. Global pandemics. Yeah. Internal conflicts. You know, yeah. divisions are happening within countries. It's certainly happening here in the United States, right? We, you know, the moderates are in the middle. People like you and me are going, sure. hey, let's just kind of talk about it. Yeah. No, you're either on my side or on this side, sure. right? Sure. Pick a side. Right, that happened in the 30s. It happened in World War II. Pick a, you know, we yeah. saw six to eight democracies go towards dictatorships. Right, World wow. War II happened. So, but you go 80 years back, it was the Great Depression, World War II. You go 80 years back from the Great Depression, World War II, it was a civil war. You go 80 mm. years back from the Civil War, it was the Revolutionary War, and you can continue this go on in history. And so we're in one now. We're in the crisis phase. The good news is, at the end of the crisis phase, there's this period of abundance and an awakening, right? Where like a Renaissance concept, right? Like yeah. a Renaissance type thing. Yeah. Hopefully. And, um, and that's kind of where I'm at when, and this is my long kind of answer to your question about leading sure. within the web three space is that, okay, I can't do much about my government spending too much money. I can't do much about the internal conflicts except have conversations like you and I are having. Yes. I try to do my part, but there's going to be, there's going to be some more pain here. It, it, I mean, you can't deny it just from the financial aspect. Just look at the financial aspect of it. 
right? Fiat currency, China. The fiat currency. Uh, crypto, yeah. Right. And if I if we're on the cutting edge of the crypto space, at least there's going to be opportunities, right? And right. so that's kind of where I want to be. I said, okay, how can I? Because that is go that is going to be part of the renaissance phase. Yes. You know, when we get into the 2030s and the 2040s, and you and I are getting into the fourth quarter of our lives, I want to be on that that forefront edge of that, right? Mm -hmm. And and I think the more that you can embrace this kind of idea um i think that the better off to me it feels like you're doing something positive again yeah. to use the powers of good instead of evil and and yes. i don't want to be a victim on the sideline and this and that so i guess that's where i'm going to ask you is like how do what do you recommend somebody that's i'm so excited you got a book that's coming out because i think it's going to tap into that market that, yes. that we're talking about here is like how do you get people more confident about web three so yeah. it's not a mystery what, what so i'm waiting for your book to come out what do you yeah. suggest that we do now for someone listening to this go okay where's a good place to start because yeah. I, as you and i know that rabbit hole can lead to a lot of different places oh, and yeah. get so overwhelming oh, yeah. because you could just spend a lifetime studying DAOs. Exactly. you could spend a lifetime studying nfts yes. you could spend a lifetime studying uh DeFi, you know yes. you know decentralized finance where do you suggest somebody start, I guess? Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have them start with a couple things. One is there's an article. It's not the best article, but it's certainly one that I think after I read a lot of articles and books, it says, this is the title. If you're waiting for the metaverse revolution, you already missed it. Okay. Oh, I read, so, I read that. Did you read that one? Mm -hmm. Okay. It talks about um, a hybrid verse because here's what I want people to realize right now. People are like the metaverse is either all good or it's all crazy. It's a scam. And what, what I want people to realize is like right now, Richard and I and the listener are actually in the metaverse right. because I'm not physically with Richard. In fact, I've never, I don't think physically. Well, we've never met. Mm -hmm. Nope. So right now I'm talking to this little pixelated screen, but we're having emotion and, and energy and, and truth, and it's exciting. People are going to listen to it as a digital file. And so what I want people to realize is like, okay, you are right now part of the metaverse. Therefore, you might as well say, how can we use it? So to me, that's already a big step if people can just yeah. that. I like that. All right, because yeah. otherwise they're going to get this. I'm not in. I'm not going to strap on VR goggles. You don't have to. Okay, if you're on Zoom, you're part of the metaverse. If you have a digital phone, you know you're paying with your Starbucks app. You're, you know, so you, you you have been part of the Web three. So that's one thing. Secondly, read that article. Thirdly, um, here's what I'm doing. I said. You know what? I've been in the publishing business for 20 years. You know, started out as a pastor, wrote books on the side. My webinars stopped working about three, four years ago. Yeah, I, I hear mean, you. You know, you know, like webinars were. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna carve out my whole day so I can be here ready for this. And people would show up, and people yeah. would get, you know, transformation. Well, three, four years ago, Amazon ads, you know, and, and all this stuff. So I, I really was stopped reaching people and igniting souls 
but I couldn't put my finger on it. Back. I'm just like, guys, I feel like something's going on with the internet, but I just, I don't know what it is. And, and so now what I'm doing next week, I'm flying to Phoenix, I'm recording in VR for the Oculus. Nice. Of course I'm publishing. Cool. So I, I so I'm literally going to teach publishing where you now go into the, you strap on your Oculus and I'm there in VR and I'm literally coaching people on how to publish. So there's an example that I said okay as a business owner how am I going to wade into this? What I don't think you should do is get all crypto crazy and NFT crazy and ride these hype because to me the hype is going to just agree die. Yeah. And then 100%. when it dives, you're like, oh my gosh, see, I knew it was junk. No, you got to look past the hype and get into the use case. I mean, they're, they're now training doctors. I just, I just met with my shoulder doctor and he's like, Carrie, we're having AI do surgeries with us. Like every industry is being affected right now with Web3. And if they're not, they're going to be obsolete. So I would, I would encourage people, um, great books. The Internet of Money, Andreas Antopoulos. Andre, Andreas, oh, yeah. The Internet of Money, one, two, and three. He's a balanced guy. He never asks for money. He's just going to show you that, whoa, there's this whole other currency that's happening, and it's going to affect everything. I would look for good voices. I'll tell you what, my podcast, I'll tell you why I think it's smart, because I'm not the one talking. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> some great experts there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just said, I want to learn. So I have a 25-year-old metaverse architect. I have um, someone who's launching their NFTs. I have a blockchain woman from India who's an expert and just blew my mind. I would say just listen to some voices that you trust. And if people are asking for money or, you know, do this or do that, I think you kind of just put up some red flags. Yeah, that's great advice because there there is a tremendous amount of hype in there. And that's why yes. I kind of kind of term reminding people, certainly people of our age, yes. of just remember the hype of the dot um, com, like you're saying. Dot right? com bubble, yeah. right? Where, you know, in nineteen ninety nine, two thousand, it's kind of it's the same thing. It's like, you know, and you can watch a TikTok video, you know, and you can get bombarded with people saying here's how you can make a ton of money creating nfts and flipping them and it's not don't go down that route no i, I not I, i'm, I'm with no way me neither and i think that and i'm not you know putting everything into bitcoin or ethereum or this or that but yeah. i have started investing in bitcoin yeah. and ethereum and everything and so i was like okay i'm gonna start putting some money in here just like, do like dollar co dollar cost averaging you know, just I like, like it's part of my portfolio now and I'm going to write it out because I'm playing a long game. I'm not trying to get rich next week. I'm yes. trying to see where I'm going to be in 2035 and 2040. Right. Because, I like that. And, and so though I agree with what you said, start learning. And I think your podcast is a great one. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I was excited to bring you on because I haven't really seen a lot of podcasts that approach it like you do. There are that do it. Um, no, no, but no. I like, you're right. I like, you and I, we run in circles together and, mm -hmm. you know, with, with different influencers and authors. And there's a lot of, I'll tell you what, Richard, there's a big, there's a big fall that's going to happen. And I'll tell yeah, you what agreed. I mean. I'll tell you what I mean by that. I spoke with 
a guy who is you would know him and he and he and I privately chatted the other day and I said don't you feel like there's a lot of um, internet marketers that are totally struggling right now and they're just yeah. like trying to get their last squeeze out of people oh I, I, I I haven't sold I was just anything. thinking about this you know what I'm yeah. saying yeah I know exactly what you're saying it's like it's like they realize that all the web two stuff isn't working anymore but they but they're like oh my gosh, I'm so scared. I'm just going to act like it's all working and I'm going to sell my people all this stuff and have 100%. enough money and, and, and pull the wool over their eyes. My crowd will realize I haven't sold anything in a long time. I'm working with private clients on, on their books. And the reason why is because I feel like it's hypocritical for me to yeah. sell something that, you know, what I'm going to do is is you ask what are people doing? You can be a consumer, a collector, or a creator in Web three. That's kind of my thought. That's right. You can be a consumer, a collector, or a creator. I'm putting all my chips on creator. Yeah, I love how you play that. I never looked at it that way, but you're absolutely right. Uh, and if you are a collector, I think what a great opportunity because. If you, I'm not a collector. I yeah. understand the collector mind space. Sure, but that's. I think that's where a lot of the hype. A lot of the hype is around oh, the yeah. collector piece because. Yeah. But but it is exciting because oh, to, yeah. just like the example I gave of buying something you know, real small and boom, and you know whoever the next Nirvana is right right now yeah. today, there are there somebody is going to. There's a handful of people that are going to be independently wealthy because they they tied in with some creator. Yeah. It's kind of a collector creator combination. The creator piece is so exciting because That's it where I'm gives going. because and I like the creator aspect of it, like you said, because and I know we're podcasters and authors and, and sure. whatever. But so we're still artists in a sense, but I mean yeah. I still I still lump us with the musicians and the artists because sure. we can still create things. Is that for the first time it's like your community can be your patrons, your patrons, yeah, right. I mean, and they can be with you for the whole ride. So you're super fans. I mean, you've heard the old adage, right? Like even when you started doing all like this, a thousand you need, right? You see a thousand super fans, and your whole life can be transformed, right? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the key. Well, now that's that 10x. I mean, just the same thousand, every, their lives could be completely transformed. Yeah, they can. That's get the power of they can. That's a deep right. thought right there, because they. They, right? Your thousand super fans could be their whole lives could be trained. That's the power of the community of Web three. I think that's what let's, gets me excited about. And let's talk about that briefly because, you know, as as much as you like or hate Gary V, I think he's got a good point when he says that there's going to be a lot of celebrities that are going to go for the cash grab, right? And they're, they're going to create these NFTs that have no value, nothing. They're just going to be like, sweet, I got a bunch of money. Screw my audience. But there's these other people who recognize like uh, Tom, Tom Bilyeu, um Impact Theory. Oh, yeah, I love that's yeah, That's yeah. who I was listening to, the podcast. Yeah, was that the one? Okay. I was listening to Tom Bilyeu, yeah. Yeah. So there's people like that. Reese Witherspoon um, uh, has got a bunch of NFT projects. You start seeing these people that have a community with true mm -hmm. benefits and That's they're in true. it yeah. they're in it for the long haul like tom 
Tom says, man, he's in this for the next 50 years. Yeah. You know, and, and what they're doing is they're actually thinking of how their community can win from the NFTs. Just like you said, I, I'm going to quote you on that. You used to need a thousand fans for you to be rich. Now, if you have a thousand fans, they can be rich if you do it. Right. Yeah. Well, they, they're transformed. I mean, it can be completely, that's the beauty of, it, you know, that's and, so good. and it, that's never happened before. No. In in this kind, of, it's never happened before, and no. so that's what gets me excited. Again, I don't have all the answers. I'm still going. I don't know where this is going to go, but I just know that I want to be in, in it somehow. Space. Yeah, I'm with. And you. for the same same reasons, like not for the cash grab, because I mean, the whole reason why we got into this, what you do and what I do, I mm-hmm. is because we wanted to be. We wanted to create something of value. We wanted yeah. to make the place better than we found it, utilizing the talents that were good. Impact at, people, right? ignite souls. You got it. Ignite souls, impact yeah. people. Right, everything that's in your opus, which I just yeah. that still applies, but but the playing field's just different. And you know? and and that's kind of how we started. And I'll I'll share that it, that my opus didn't change that much. Right. All, all my opus did was I gave it a web three rinse. Yeah. Where I said, ooh, you know what I did actually, Richard, is I removed. I I actually didn't add a ton. I removed a bunch. And I think that's a sign of um, brilliance. There's that one quote about art. Um, A masterpiece is not completed when there's nothing left to add, but only when there's nothing left to remove. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I love that. Yeah. Right, I mean, yeah. that's what makes Apple and, and Steve Jobs and his products so impressive. Is like he yeah, didn't throw a bunch of stuff. It's, it's the whole less is more thing. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm excited. It, I'm excited to see your next chapter because I can tell. Yeah, I can tell you're thinking deep thoughts, and you want to not ride the hype wave, but you're like, how can I create true value? A hundred percent. And I and I haven't talked about it openly on the show, but I mean I have been I mean I've been struggling with this, and inflection points the best thing I can yeah. see it. I'm trying to see where it goes. So I'm doing a lot of contemplating, a lot of praying. I'm like, what what am I supposed yeah. to do? You know. But that's so cool and, that you're doing that because a lot, like I said a few minutes ago, the other people are hiding. They're they're presenting a great game. And they're like scared as heck behind the curtain. You're you just today for the first time. Amazing. And I, I did that with my tribe a few uh, months ago where I said, guys, I'm the one who teaches you clarity attracts, confusion repels. And I said, I don't have crystal clear clarity. And I was scared to say that to you all. And I'll tell you what they did, Richard. They came up to me. They're like, oh, my gosh, thank you. This, you know, we are we we are going to go with you more now, and we're going to trust you more. So I think there is a time when a leader says something shifting, but I'm not fully clear. I really appreciate that you said that because that gave me more clarity on kind of what I've been struggling with. Because mm. I think that's a, that exactly encapsulates what where I'm at. Because yeah. I don't have. I'm with you. I always, even in my coaching, I'm like it's about alignment and clarity both for the organization and for the individual. I don't have that alignment and clarity that I would like to have. I yep. see glimpses of it. It's like I can see yep. the, you know, like I can, 
see the light, but there's a film over the light, right? I don't yeah. know exactly what's behind the film. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't see behind the film. I don't know behind the film if there are a couple paths or there's one big path. I don't yeah. know. But but that is so refreshing. That's where I was. You know, you said you started in October. I started in March last year. And it wasn't until about December where I said, Oh, really? Yeah. Where I said, Okay, now I have enough clarity to start the podcast. And then, and then when I started the podcast, you, you, you know how it is. You jump in the pool and you mm-hmm. get more clarity. So now I've actually, um, uh, I've created a crazy uh, project called the Great Metagration, and it has yet to fully be unveiled. But oh, that's even, a cool name, though. Yeah, but you see the name. It's, it's, yeah, I love it's the name. Migration and integration, but it's the great yeah. metagration. And I believe that I am being called to step into Web3 and bring light and ignite souls because I feel like the metaverse and Web3 needs a lot of light. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, you did seven years of igniting souls, but yeah. You're still igniting souls, so it's like like blockchain life is kind of like igniting souls. It is two two point oh. It right? is, it is. It's a Web yeah. three version. Yeah, that's why I didn't I didn't truly create a new company, but I said we're going to ignite souls, but we're going to integrate Web three. Yeah, and, and my and some of my authors have left because they're like we don't get it, and I'm not shaming them. They'll come around. And and if they don't come around, they'll be obsolete. I mean, just, you know how it is. I mean, imagine if a company said, we're not getting a website. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. back in the 90s. And, and there were people saying, I mean, oh, yeah. in 1999, there were people saying that. I don't need a website. Yeah, yeah. And now where are they? Um, I mean, it's, it's the same with, po- like, when I started the podcast 10 years ago, and there yeah. are 300,000 podcasts. I mean, there's even today. It's like, well, how do you, what do you how do you make money making a podcast? That's always their first question to me. It's like, how do you yeah. make money in a podcast? I'm like, Let, let's look at it this way. And so the story I always give them is like, and I don't even talk about the cash that I've received over the sure. last 10 years sure. that have can be directly related to me doing a podcast. I leave it up. Wow. I start naming off opportunities, relationships, yes. connections, and I and I can fill up I can fill up pages. Wow! And I go, how would this have happened if I hadn't started the podcast? Oh, that's so good. And they're like, I go, it couldn't have happened. Yeah, I could have been a sales guy trying to get a conversation with the CEO. Yeah, but he would have turned me away because there's ten other yahoos trying to do the same thing. Right, but then you invite him on your podcast, but, and but there's kind of- only one or at the time there's only one guy that was asking to have them a conversation to talk about life and leadership and what it really means to run a company. Wow. Now it's a little bit harder, sure. You know, now there's three million podcasts as opposed to three hundred thousand. Yeah, you know, saying you have a podcast is like saying you have running water, right? But in a sense, but it's everybody. It, but we're at, we're kind of at that phase with we'll podcasts. Like we're, that's right? right. We're here. Yeah. And we know the power. Well, I know the power of podcasts. And so it's kind of the same thing with the web three stuff. It's like, I can see, I can just, it's hard to articulate. I can just see, yep. you know, that you see the, ship. Just, 
You just don't know your role in the shift yet. And that's okay. Yeah. You're doing the right well, and that's thing. Why, and that's why I appreciate you being on the, having the courage to shift, to oh, pivot yeah. and to go down this path with authenticity and courage. And, and that's why I'm excited to see where you go with, with blockchain. Like we just, we, we need to be more connected. Cause I don't even know, like I'm, I want to help you succeed. Sure. And so consider me an ally in your awesome. journey. So Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, I haven't shared any links. I'll just say this. I shifted our whole Igniting Souls conference in October to be Web3. Did you really? I did. So we're actually going to have uh, a, a breakouts and I call it wise authors so you can have web3 track influencer track soul on fire track entrepreneur track or author track and very cool yeah and i'm bringing in um some great web3 people and i'll probably lose a lot of attendees who are like oh i just want to learn about authors but i but like i told you i feel like that's hypocritical for me to be like just publish a book and not train them how to impact people with that book in web I love what you're doing. Kara, we've talked almost an hour and I know you've got I a know. hard stop here, but uh, how can people connect with you? Um, obviously, I'll have links to your podcast sure. and, and I look forward to when your book comes out. Yeah. And um, when, when it does come out, you need to come back and we'll oh, talk yeah, about be that. Fun. It'll be fun. Uh, just how else can people ignitingsouls.com. Ignitingsouls.com. Our, our tagline is think outside the book. We help people publish and protect their IP and turn it into 18 streams of income. You're the best, Kerry. You've been right, a huge man. impact on my life behind the scenes, but thanks for coming on the show, my friend. I'm I'll excited have links to, to watch your journey. All right. Thank you, Richard. Thanks, brother. See ya. Hey, thanks so much for tuning into the show. I hope you got some value out of this episode. If you did, please do me a huge favor. Tell somebody about this show. Tell your spouse, tell your kids, tell your coworkers. Let them know about the value that Dose Leadership brings to your world. Go to dosaleadership.com. You can learn more about my services. If you're looking for somebody to speak, teach, or coach about leadership, I'm your guy. I'm known for my ability to transform individuals and organizations, teaching them the concept of creating a culture of decentralized leadership. I do think that is the secret sauce to facing all the challenges that we face today. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. I look forward to the next time we work together. And until the meantime, make it a great one.